Can you be in a covenant with God and be lost? That's a good question. Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. To round out our Revelation series, Jim is fielding some questions that have come up. One involves the particular promises to the children of Israel. A big part of John's prophecy is devoted to them. And another question, why don't we see the UN or the US in Revelation? Or do we? Here's Jim. Let me answer one question that I have I have no ability to answer, and it's one that I've wondered and wondered and wondered about myself. The question is, why will there be nations in the new earth? Open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 21 and 22, and you'll see the basis of that question. It says that in the new Jerusalem, when God creates new heavens, new earth, we'll come back to that in just a little bit, that there will be nations. You'll see it in verse 26. Like you start with verse 24. It says, the nations will walk in its light and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. That is into this new Jerusalem, this place that is the home of the church, the bride of Christ. The nations will walk in its light. The kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Each day its gates will never close because it will, it will never be night there. They will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Nothing profane will ever enter it. No one who does, no one who does what is vile or false, but only those written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let me give you three caveats that I can prove or that I'm satisfied with. Number one, that picture takes us to a world we know nothing about. Let me say it again. This time, good old American language. We have no way to understand or to interpret that world that's depicted in Revelation 21 and 22. When God says he makes all things new, he means all things. And then he contrasts that experience in the new Jerusalem with the new heavens and new earth by telling us there are certain things that we have now that aren't going to be there. And it's very clear, he says that we're, there'll be no sun, there'll be no sea, there'll be no sin, and you can go on and fill out the rest of the yeses. But that future new creation that God is going to make at the end of what we call human history, human time, will be absolutely unparalleled. And that, of course, means we are going to be changed. The way we function, the way we listen, the way we hear, the way we understand, the way we relate, what we eat, how we travel, all those things are going to be radically different in that new future, new heavens and new earth. And God doesn't pull any punches. He says, behold, I make all things new, all things new. So that that window out into the eternal future shows us pictures that we don't know how to, how to fully handle, fully interpret. And um, the question is, will, uh, why will there be nations in the new earth? My, my guess is 
that when sin has been destroyed and eradicated so that children are not born with an Adamic nature, and that will take place in conjunction with the great white throne judgment, so that humans will be like Adam and Eve before the fall. You got that? No, you don't. It's just, it's just a funny way to say it. Because we have no way of comprehending what life was like for Adam and Eve before the fall. We just, we, just, we, we, can't, we can't compute that. We, we, we don't know what that would be like. And to bear children who are without sin, that must be what is involved in this future nations on the new earth. Can't you go back to Isaiah 60 on, in reference to that though? Isaiah 60 talks about the millennial kingdom. Right. Yeah, on earth. This is talking about the new heavens and the new earth. But Isaiah is referencing nations. Isaiah is referencing nations on, on the earth during the thousand year reign of Christ. On the earth during the thousand year reign of Christ. This question takes us into the future beyond that when God has made everything new and when death will have been vanquished and sin would have been destroyed and Satan and the demonic hosts of darkness will all be forever banished, when only righteous people, only, <laughs> only people who practice righteousness following God are living on that new earth. We can't compute that. Now, how did they get there? We would guess, I would guess, they get there through human procreation. But human procreation without passing a sin nature onto those children. That's as far as I can take you. Now, that's going to be incredible. And remember, there'll be no night and no end. That new creation goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. You had a birth beginning, but since you're trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've been born again, you're never going to have an end. Never. You will never, ever, ever have an end. For you and for me, you know that death, physical death, is not the end. It's the transfer of my soul and spirit from my body to heaven, to be with the Lord Jesus, right? My body we place in the grave, right? Okay. At the rapture, my body is going to be resurrected. It's going to be purified. It's going to be immortal. It's going to be perfect. And I will live, my, my soul and spirit, having been glorified, will live in that resurrected body forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Here's one other caveat. The Holy Spirit will continue to live in you and in me as believers forever and ever and ever and ever, according to the Word of God. So, why will there be nations in the new earth? My, my final guess is because God, having been frustrated by Adam and Eve's defection, wants to do it right. He wants to demonstrate 
what life could have been on in the human experience had there been no sin. That's my best guess. If that doesn't satisfy, sorry. Eye has not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, even the deep things of God. So the best we have of that revelation is what you have written in this book. I've told you everything I can think of from all that I know from the book. It's going to be one endless, eternal, perfect, incredible experience. There are days when I wish it were already here. Okay, here's the second one. Please comment further on my statement that Jews must be born again. Now, I want to I disclaim something here. I didn't say Jews had to be born again. Jesus did. Okay? I want that to be very clear. Jesus said to the leading Jewish scholar and teacher of his day, his name was Nicodemus, Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. The word again means born from above. No man can see the kingdom of God. That means understand it, perceive it, comprehend it. No one can enter into that kingdom of God until he has been born again. And the born again experience doesn't come from flesh and blood, from parentage or those venues. It comes directly from God himself. Now, with that caveat, in the Old Testament, when God created the covenant with the nation of Israel at Mount Sinai, and prior to that, the promise of that covenant with Abraham through Isaac and Jacob, those two things, the promise to Abraham through Isaac and Jacob, the actual institution or the actual setting up of the covenant took place at Mount Sinai under Moses. Got that? The covenant based its, its benefit, let's, play, let's say it this way. In that covenant, there's a double benefit package. The first benefit package goes to every child born into a Jewish family. There are benefits to the Jewish child born into a Jewish family because of the promises God made to Abraham through Isaac and Jacob and because of the constitution of the law of Mount Sinai, the Sinai Covenant. Now, for instance, one of those benefits was that person, that Jew, would receive access to go and worship God at the temple in the various feasts. Whether they were saved or not saved, that invitation was available to them. The future aspects of the earthly kingdom of God were, were based upon Jesus Christ coming and in his death providing salvation 
for Jews and Gentiles. On the basis of his messianic death, Jews could move from being just Jews to born-again Jews. And when that happened, they entered into a second tier or a second set of packages of blessings that God promised the believers among the Jews. You'll remember, for instance, that when Jacob or when Joshua was leading the armies of Israel in conquering the land, remember that? You read carefully and you realize that there weren't many deaths among the Jewish soldiers. Very, very, very few. Why? Because whether they were saved in the sense of being born again or not didn't matter in that battle. They were moving out into the land to enjoy an inheritance God had promised through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, an inheritance that was theirs based upon the covenant promise of God to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, these are very real benefits. You can think of a parallel. Today, if someone goes to Israel, if you are Jewish by blood, you get automatic citizenship, all the benefits and privileges. And by the way, that's determined through your mother, not your dad. So just being Jewish, just being a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and his sons, being a descendant from that had benefits. Got that? On the other hand, there were certain things even then that you couldn't enjoy or you couldn't do unless you were born in certain tribes because God allocated certain responsibilities to the tribes. The main one that we think of is through the tribe of Levi. You had to be from the tribe of Levi in order to become a priest and you had to have an even narrower genealogical chart if you wanted to be the high priest, that was something special, special, special. Same thing's true with the kingship, the one who sat on the throne of, of the nation of Israel. So being a member of the covenant race of people meant that all, we, I don't, we keep calling them Jews, they're really not Jews, they're Israelites, descendants of Israel and his sons. Israel is the same as Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. The nation of Israel was made of the descendants from those 12 sons and their families. So if you were born into an Israelitish family, you had, you had automatic benefits. But those benefits did not include being what we would call, what Jesus called, born again. And only Jews who have experienced being born again are going to see and enter and benefit from the, the tremendous package, the tremendous benefits that Jesus Christ bought and paid for. Now, for folks who are trying to model 
the church, after the pattern of the Old Testament covenant, there's a lot of problems there. A lot of problems. And I have no intent to stir up strife, controversy, but there are a lot of problems there. If you take Gentile people who are not born Israelites and say that today after Pentecost, the Gentile believers are the covenant body who receive the benefits that God promised to the descendants of Isaac, you make that change and you've got a lot of interesting things. For instance, it is possible to have an infant baptized and grow up and never be born again and be a good member in your church. I don't mean that critically, I mean that illustratively, okay? So that's what I mean, the statement that Jews must be born again. There were many, many Israelites living in the time of Jesus. Not all of them came to faith in Jesus Christ, were born again. And for those who are not born again, they will not see, enter into, or participate in the kingdom of God. They will be lost forever. For the Gentiles, since we are not connected to that promise through birth, for us, it's clearer to just say, you must be born again. And a, and, a, and a Gentile should understand that that, that means if you want to participate in God's kingdom and the benefits that Jesus Christ purchased for you, you can only do so by personally receiving Jesus Christ into your heart and being born again, being born of the Spirit of God. That's what I meant by that comment. Uh, what role does the United Nations play in end times? I'm not sure they'll play any role. Why would I say that? Because in Scripture, when Scripture talks about end times events, almost always God explains those end time events as the unfolding of his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and their descendants. There's very little in Scripture that explains the end time events in terms of Gentile activity. We read a lot of things that God says are going to take place out there in the future, but they take place and are recorded for us in Scripture, like the book of the Revelation, from the perspective of how those Gentile, if those Gentile people interact with the Israelites. I know that sounds very, very narrow, but from my study of Scripture, that's true. For instance, the next question builds on that, and that has to do with the United States. Could the United States be, could the United States be Babylon the Great? 
Could it be? I don't know. Because the Babylon the Great that's depicted in the book of the Revelation is an economic and religious system led by, established by, the Antichrist himself. Can we say that the United States meets that criterion? Well, why would we say the United States meets that criterion and not Great Britain? Why would we say the United States meets that criterion and not China? Why would we say the United States meets that criteria and not India? We who live in the United States are naturally sensitive about our nation and about its future. Um, scripture focuses upon God's keeping his promise to Abraham through Isaac, Jacob. That's what the scripture focuses on. There's tons of other things that the scripture doesn't mention at all. At all. For instance, Jesus said that before he returns, he said, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. Does that include World War I, World War II? Does it include all the other wars that we were not involved in? the wars of Napoleon. Does it include, you know, you can go on and on and on. Yes, it does. But that's all the information we have. It doesn't articulate specific wars. And where God articulates specific events in the future, almost always they are connected to his faithfulness in keeping his covenant, keeping his promise to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and their descendants. Okay? So, to summarize, the Bible tells us a lot about those events and those individuals who are related directly to his keeping his promise to the Israelites. It tells us little or nothing about the other Gentile movements. Jim calls this talk the consummation, and that could be a reference to the book of the Revelation, and it could refer to the series that we're winding up. The people in the pews get to program the message for a bit in these Q&A sessions. We won't repeat any of this tomorrow. We'll hear all new questions on Thursday's show. Again, the message title is The Consummation. If you'd like to have a CD of the discussion, we'll send it for your gift of $7 or more. With John on the Isle of Patmos is the name of the series that we're concluding. There are nine sermon CDs available for your donation of $34 or more. Ordering details in just a moment. If you've been praying for or giving to Right Start, we want you to know that we're grateful. We believe you'll be rewarded out of the riches of His grace. And we need more like you. We're looking for more people to make that switch from listener to partner. If you're ready, willing, and able to help, please mail us at Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085, USA. Connect with us by phone at 1-800-984-2313. That's 800-984-2313. 
Or visit our website, where you'll have access to hundreds of Pastor Jim's recorded messages. That's rightstartradio.org. You can play past radio programs or play or download complete sermons. And we show you how to subscribe to the daily Right Start podcast on the Apple Podcast platform. You can email us or make a secure donation there, rightstartradio.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. Elijah, Daniel, and Cleopatra. Those are a few names that will pop up in tomorrow's half of the question and answer session. Please join us on Thursday for the next Right Start. <music>